riding along in my automobile. I think you guys are, uh, if you're like me, you might be riding along in your automobile. I uh, listen to a lot of these via the car, and I'm sitting with my main man and assistant, David Desmond, uh, brother to Ian Desmond, who is basically Aubrey Marcus's backbone. I don't think he could stand up without Ian. And it's okay if he hears that. That's how much credit I give to Ian. Uh, anywho, I'm rambling right now, like a rambling man. But uh, he just I just turned him on an Audible, which is awesome, because now he gets to listen to books, just like I do. And I'm listening to some great books. What am I listening to? I finished The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg, which will blow your mind. It is so good. Absolutely blow your mind. Um... And then for a podcast, so Jose, please link to that. We will link to Biogeometry, the podcast Paul Check did on Living 40 with the folks at Biogeometry, Dr. Ibrahim Kareem and uh, Doria Kareem. I have mentioned that m- many times before on this podcast, but worth revisiting after you listen to or, or watch, read rather, watch, read or listen to The Invisible Rainbow, you're going to want some how-tos. And it's really important we have how-tos because those are the light at the end of the tunnel. This has been one of my favorite podcasts this year. As many of you know, I have not pulled punches in talking about the darkness that is at hand and to not beat around the bush. Um, A lot of the misconceptions we have about health and wellness and a lot of the misinformation that our government is giving us through the media and uh, we, we really break down some, some core issues at hand in this podcast, and this is perfectly timed because Greg Schmaus returns. Greg Schmaus is uh, a Czech practitioner, and he's developed a really rad system that he takes people through, <clears throat> and it's available over at 4dhealing.com, or actually healing4d.com. Uh, stay tuned at the end of this, we're going to have uh, a discount for my listeners, Kyle 20 in all caps, we'll get you 20% off, uh, his program, which is phenomenal. And this is just, I mean, it, it couldn't be better timed. There are things that happen, um, on a global scale, you know, that, that are rattling. And then there are things where you're like, oh shit, this exists, right? Like, are we fucking up our atmosphere with, uh, radio waves and EMF and all the things. Yeah. I mean, how much you subscribe to that just depends on how much you actually know about it. When you read the invisible rainbow, you will truly come to understand why it affects some people, why it doesn't affect others, how it's affecting us all, whether we have a visceral experience of that or not. But the how to would be this podcast, you know, the biogeometry, what these guys are creating, Dr. Ibrahim Kareem and his daughter Doria at biogeometry.ca, which we'll also link to in the show notes, please. Um, it gives light at the end of the tunnel. People have been working on certain aspects of the broken issues we have with the modern world, some by design, to be perfectly frank, and some just by being misinformed. You know, we, we try something out. We don't realize the 
uh, consequences of that, the side effects of that medicine until, you know, it's, it's well established and well taken. And it's like, oh shit, all right, well, we got to do this other thing. And hopefully if we're thinking holistically, we're not going to play whack-a-mole with our problems, right? Like you hit one mole and then two more pop up because you hit that one mole and you're like, oh shit, inadvertently I did X, Y, and Z as issues that I got to whack these other moles now. And then these other moles pop up and we keep playing whack-a-mole. A holistic approach covers all the moles. It heals from within. Now these moles don't start popping their head back up. And um, this is what Greg Schmaus has been tracking, a holistic approach. And it's it's phenomenal. Um, I absolutely love this podcast. I know you guys are going to dig it. Please reach out to me. DM me uh, and my wife over at Living with the Kingsburys um, on Instagram. If you're not on Instagram, if you threw, out the, threw in the towel and said, fuck all this noise, social media is a disaster and they're tracking everything we do and may even be influencing how we think as described in, uh, what's that documentary, David? Social network, social dilemma. There we go. The social dilemma. Um, yeah, it's having an impact on us. There are side effects to that. So if you're not there, uh, join us on the Fit for Service Academy. It's been around for a few months now. I post all sorts of shit I could never get away with on Instagram or YouTube. Fit for Service Academy. Uh, you can download it on iTunes or Google Play. So it's pretty much available for all, all phones. And then just find me. It's Kingsboo FFSA Coach is the handle. I have 44 posts. Most all of them are documentaries, videos, books. You can comment to me there on each post. I write everyone back. Um, what's great about this is that I only have 150 followers there. You know, it's a new app. And with that, my ability to get back to you there is greatly increased. <laughs> it's they're just, I just, I'm on there every day, checking in, uh, seeing the response from people. And there's people from all walks of life, you know, like just like I talk about on this podcast. I don't know my audience to the T. I've met a lot of people who listen to the podcast and they're like, yo man, love the X, X, Y, and Z episode, or I love this and that. And, um, you should get so-and-so on like, that's all great. Um, and typically it's dudes, sometimes it's hot chicks and that's awesome too. Uh, really doesn't matter. You know, um, I just want to know you guys better. So I don't know how all these land. I know the Greg Schmaus episode is going to land well because there's tons of wisdom in it. And I know I have to be careful when I drop my solo cast, which is coming up, because of the fact that it's, the people are getting fucking deplatformed left and right. My buddy Anthony DiClemente just had his entire podcast pulled, pulled from iTunes. Apple pulled it. <laughs> this isn't YouTube, which is owned by Google. This is another tech giant who's pulling podcasts off of, you know, they started podcasting. So you get pulled off the place that started podcasting. It's a big hit. It's like having your website pulled down because uh, Amazon owns the the domain. That's a problem or the servers, right? Uh, happened to Gab or Parler, one of those two. So there are workarounds. Of course, Zion is still, uh, for many of you listened to the podcast I did with Justin Resvani, that one will be rocking and rolling probably in a year. If you were one of the early people on, you were well aware that there are many holes that need to be fixed, but that is the future. And I will encourage everyone to go there when it's available. They have um, pushed pause on allowing people into that app while they get it up and running and working perfectly. So in the meantime, 
Uh, and always, really, Fit for Service Academy. There's so much more than just what I offer there. Aubrey has some fantastic guided breathwork sessions he's about to release that are mind-blowing medicine journeys, which you can do medicine too, but you don't really need to. Either way, you're going to have an experience. All of that's available at the Fit for Service Academy app. And uh, you can really you know, get in touch with me. Tell me about these episodes. Tell me how they're landing. Ask me questions. You know, what can we do? How do we, how do we build a more beautiful world our hearts know as possible? And that reminds me, my dude, Charles Eisenstein, yes, is finally coming on. I'm going to have him on. Um, we'll record in about a week. So absolutely thrilled for that. Remember to support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. Um, these, these guys absolutely make this show possible. They make it possible for me to travel to my guests. They make it possible for me to fly my guests in. And um, they support my family, which is you know really what it boils down to. This is how I make a living in addition to Fit for Service. And um, when you purchase something and you use my code coupons, that directly impacts me. It has a direct impact that helps sustain me uh, really just rifling through book after book, trying to sort out the truth to deliver that message to you. As I've mentioned before, I, I once had a vision on, on psilocybin of eating books and regurgitating them out into a microphone in a way that my audience would understand. And I was like, oh, that's what I get to do. That's pretty fucking rad. So let's support these sponsors here. Um, we're brought to you by Higher Dose. This is one of the best companies that I've ever started to work with. Get high naturally is their slogan. Now, if that doesn't draw you, <laughs> then maybe we're not too much alike. I like getting high naturally. Heal at home or on the go with Higher Dose's portable infrared sauna blanket. This thing is a game changer, and it's absolutely essential for people who cannot afford to shell out four, five, six grand for a full-blown sauna. It's an investment. I get it. Experience the powerful benefits of infrared and feel the difference after just one session. Infrared increases blood flow for faster recovery, better sleep, and a calmer central nervous system. Plus, it naturally releases a dose of happy chemicals in the brain, leaving you feel euphoric. The sauna blanket has an amethyst layer to deepen the benefits of infrared, a tourmaline layer that generates negative ions akin to the ocean, a charcoal layer to bind to pollutants, and there are a many, I can assure you, and a clay layer which is balancing for the heat. If you don't have the budget or the room for a full-size sauna, this sauna blanket is a game changer. And for those of you who want to experience the benefits of infrared without the sweat, they also have a really cool infrared PEMF mat that comes in two sizes. It combines the dual technology of infrared with PEMF for an unbelievable recharging experience. PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field or Frequency, and it works by sending electromagnetic waves through your body at different frequencies to help promote your body's own recovery process. You will feel relaxed, regrounded, and rebalanced. What makes their mat so unique is that not only does it combine the infrared with PEMF, but it also has a thick layer of 100% natural purple amethyst crystals in mesh fabric tubes across the entire mat. This powerful crystal therapy creates an even deeper treatment and naturally emits healing negative ions when heated. Smaller mat fits in a chair, so you can do it at the office. I need to get one of those, so if you're listening, higher dose, I would love a small one for the office. But the big one is what I lay on every night. I have a, a Kratom drink with uh, some biome uh, probiotic greens and and I just lay on this thing while I read to my son and it is fucking liftoff. It is so good. We've been reading Boxcar Children and we both snuggle up on this thing. It's kind of big enough for both of us to squeeze onto it. We both get the healing waves. He's six. He loves it. He sleeps like a baby after getting on there. 
this uh, supercharges my experience with the Kratom and I have a blast and then I fall right asleep. You know, it's just fantastic, fantastic stuff. Check it all out. Go to, uh, inf- or you can get your own infrared sauna blanket or infrared PEMF mat at higherdose.com today and use my exclusive promo code KKP75 at checkout to save $75. That's higherdose.com, KKP75 at checkout to save 75 bucks. Or just go to higherdose.com slash KKP and you'll get it all 75 bucks off added. We've got a new one, eatenhemp.com. These guys are phenomenal. Seeds versus hearts. Think white rice versus brown rice. Super seeds are hemp hearts before they have the shell removed. The super seeds simply keep the outer shell on the seed, which adds to the crunch, fiber, and loads of micronutrients such as zinc and iron. Eaton Hemp is a farmer-owned hemp portfolio company out of upstate New York, focusing on using the all-powerful benefits of hemp to create superfood products. They offer delicious and nutritious farm-to-table certified USDA organic hemp food products, including toasted hemp seeds and hemp hearts. Their products are a tasty addition to just about anything, including smoothies, salads, or your favorite healthy recipe. Not only do they boost the flavor, but they add protein and a fiber punch, omega-3 boost, and are loaded with micronutrients such as magnesium, zinc, and iron. About Eaton Hemp. Eaton Hemp stems from the first farmed license to grow hemp in New York State in over 80 years. As a brand, they focus on every part of the hemp plant. Their goal is that nothing goes to waste. They will soon be launching products using every bit of the plant. Stay tuned. USDA certified organic is super important when it comes to hemp. Hemp is a phyto, let me see if I can get this right, phytormediation plant. So it sucks up whatever is in the soil it is grown in. This includes the good and the bad. Eaton Hemp is proudly USDA organic and third-party lab tested so you can rest assured it is grown in the finest soils, free of toxins, pesticides, and heavy metals. This is a big deal. This is a really big deal. Uh, read How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy. If you need a further synopsis on why organic is the bare minimum, biodynamic, of course, being the holy grail. Super, super important. So check it out. Uh, you can get all sorts of awesome stuff. They've got CBD. They've got great products over here. Really, really delicious stuff at eatenhemp.com. Discount code KINGSBOO for 20% off, just like my IG handle, or it used to be. eatenhemp.com and use discount code KINGSBOO for 20% off. We're also brought to you by 8sleep. Go to 8sleep.com slash KKP to check out their pod pro and save $150 at checkout using the promo code KKP. Have you ever heard that you need to sleep at 68 degrees Fahrenheit? Well, that's a myth. Science suggests that there is no one universal sleep temperature to give you deep and high quality sleep. Moreover, our sleeping temperature needs to change throughout the night as body temperature affects both your circadian rhythm and sleep quality. However, the average mattress actually absorbs your body heat, especially if you've got one of them nice Tempur-Pedics or something like that, giving you those nasty night sweats and causing restlessness. Who wants that? The Pod Pro by 8Sleep is the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. It pairs dynamic cooling and heating with biometric tracking. It comes in the form of both a mattress or a cover you can put on your existing mattress. Get the Pod Pro and start sleeping as cool as 55 degrees or as hot as 110 degrees. I don't know a damn soul that would sleep at 110, but you have that option. The temperature of the Pod Pro will adjust each side of the bed. This is critical. Based on your sleep stages, biometrics, and bedroom temperature, reacting intelligently to create the optimal sleeping environment. The result, eight sleep users fall asleep up to 32% faster, 
reduce sleep interruptions by 40% and get overall more restful sleep. And you'll see this. You'll see it on an Aura Ring or a Whoop Watch, I promise you. The Pod Pro by 8Sleep is so popular that it has garnered attention from CEOs, pro athletes, and overall high performers who want to get sleep fit because good sleep is the ultimate game changer. Go to 8sleep.com. That's spelled out. It's not the number, but still EA or E-I-G-H-T-S-L-E-E-P.com slash KKP and check out the Pod Pro. Save 150 bucks at checkout using promo code KKP. Last but not least, y'all, we are brought to you by UpgradedFormulas.com. We had uh, CEO and founder Barton Scott on the podcast who really has illuminated so much for me. I, I, I give him shout outs regularly on episodes because of how much of a game changer this company has been to me. This next one is for those of you like me who spend a lot of money on supplements each month. If that's you, then have you ever thought about how important knowing your levels are to your performance? Uh, the, old, the old adage, if you're not checking, you're guessing, is one that always comes to mind when I read this ad. Very important we know those levels. And wouldn't it be great if you also knew what you were absorbing and not absorbing and what you have too much of? That's right. Too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. Uh, dose can make can be medicine or it can be poison. It really depends on dose. And taking a deeper look can help you understand that. What I'm bringing to you today is a chance to accurately test all that. After all, you can't be a biohacker without testing, can you? Well, you can't be an optimizer either, right? Uh, for those of us that are averse to the biohacking word. In this case, I'm talking about upgraded formulas, upgraded hair test kit, and consultation. And they're minerals which absorb really, really well so that you can vanquish any of those hidden deficiencies that are affecting thyroid, adrenal, and much more. Check out the test and consultation at UpgradedFormulas.com and save 15% on your first purchase with code KKP15 at checkout. This goes for the hair mineral analysis as well as the uh, consultation. It also goes for your first order of the supplements, and their supplements are very well priced. They have uh, micronized or nanonized, there we go, they're at the, the nano size of particles for the minerals, which makes the minerals more bioavailable, allowing them to enter into uh, your cell walls with greater ease. That goes for their magnesium, their zinc. Uh, they have, some of my favorite products are the upgraded memory and the upgraded thyroid because they combine so many great things, selenium, zinc, uh, copper in the right relation because both of those two can compete with one another as I'm sure you're all aware of now having listened to my podcast with Barton Scott. Um, they've got other ones, they've got boron, they've got all sorts of stuff that you're just not going to get on a daily basis from your food. Not not typically, even from the organic food. So check all this out, upgradedformulas.com and KKB15 at checkout, 15% off. Love you guys. Without further ado, my man, Greg Schmaus. And one last time from my man, Greg Schmaus, healing for the number four, the letter D.com and Kyle 20 at checkout at the very end of this, you're going to want to check that out. Nothing you need to click brother. We, we got a, we got a clap for sound here. We've got uh, all the checks in place and it looks like there's a new and improved way of doing calls in Zencaster. So, mm-hmm. Oh, they got to switch back. If you're experiencing issues, click here to switch back to the previous call method. So it looks like they haven't ironed out all the kinks. Um, but I've had, I've had good results with Zencaster as opposed to Squadcast and some of these other ones cool. for fellow podcasters listening that want to know what I'm up to. Zencaster is the move. Uh, and no, they're not a sponsor, but Greg Schmaus, welcome back on the fucking show, buddy. It's really good to have you back. Yeah. I'm excited to be here, man. A lot has unfolded since we spoke last. 
big time. I, we were just talking about that. It, it, it's, I think, beginning of the, I mean, I have to look, but beginning of the uh, so-called pandemic. <laughs> of the so-called March, pandemic. March, April, somewhere in there of 2020. Yeah. It's, been a, it's been a hot minute. And, you know, as I, I, I'd love the episode we did initially. And in fact, that took me down a rabbit hole because I started working with, I think, your lady Rose. Yeah, on the archetypal wheel. Yeah, buddy, dude. And I read read Sacred Contracts from Caroline Mace and dove into the archetype wheel. And that was um, super illuminating. Like I was just, you know, like I was like. Once you cast that wheel, there's no turning back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it blew my mind. How particularly showing up in your life. Particularly, um, you know, for for those that don't know the work, we all have, uh, Caroline says that we all share four common uh, archetypes, the saboteur, the prostitute, the child, which could be one of various forms. And uh, what's the other one? The victim. The victim. That's right. So, and you don't know where these are going to show up in the 12 houses, right? The 12 houses of the Zodiac, the 12 houses of how you express uh, yourself to yourself, to your loved ones in work, in relationship and to God. Mm-hmm. And uh, the saboteur was how I, <laughs> that's the only time I listened to God. That was in the house of God. And I was like, what the fuck? You're the house of spirituality? Yeah. How is yeah, how, yeah. the saboteur in the house of spirituality? And I really thought about that. And I was like, oh yeah, the deepest mm-hmm. prayers I've ever made were when my life was on the line or yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, so like those, and those were always answered, but, um, or I have know, my prostitute there. Oh yeah, no shit. Yeah. Wow, so yeah. in my spiritual life, I have to be really aware of where I negotiate, mm. where I negotiate with spirit or compromise. Yeah, that makes sense. It's funny. I mean, you saying that to me, it's like I always put myself in the shoes of a meathead because that's where I was for so many years mm-hmm. uh, before getting into this stuff. That would sound kind of silly, but at the same time, most people pray in that way. Yeah. Most people's relationship with spirit is, uh, if if you do this for me, I promise I'll give up smoking or I'll treat my kids better or yeah. X, Y, and Z. Like it's some type of barter yeah. <laughs> instead of praying as if it is that our creation thing that it is and the unfolding of that prayer coming into being. Yeah. Um, or so, just asking forgiveness. Yeah. Which, you know, that relationship has been something on my mind recently and this morning and you know, each morning I sit for an hour in meditation and I have a lot that comes up for me and a lot of teachings come to me. And, you know, something that was coming to me this morning is why we're constantly asking for forgiveness as if there's this God watching us and judging us. And something that was coming up for me this morning is that God's not watching us. God is experiencing itself through us. So this whole idea of like asking this other essence, this other being for forgiveness, it's really God asking itself for forgiveness. So it doesn't really make all that sense to be constantly like asking for forgiveness when what you don't really realize is you are God experiencing itself through you as separateness. So it's kind of like this paradox of who are you really asking for forgiveness is you're asking yourself. 1000%. Yeah. And that's obviously, uh, you know, 
uh, great mentor and teacher of ours, Paul Check, talks about the yeah. fallacy, you know, what, what damage that is caused by having a, a white bearded God in the sky that is separate from us, judging us. Um, it's, and that it's, relationship, sorry, I didn't mean go, to cut you off there. No, um, no, just say like that's a, it's a big, it's a big thing that moves well beyond what we think of as what happens in the church, what happens outside of church. I mean, mm-hmm. it's embedded in our psychology and it's a fundamental misunderstanding of, of what we are and what everything is. Yeah. We come to the understanding that all is animated through the same source, the same substance, animism, what Native Americans knew, what all indigenous elders knew. Then we understand that we're not separate from the very thing that is create is creation. And yeah. we are that, which is. And if we are that, there's nothing to ask for forgiveness but ourselves. Exactly. And, you know, in my work, I work with a lot of clients with deep trauma, a lot of obsessive compulsive disorder, a lot of mental health challenges and mental illness. And so many of my clients, you can track back their challenges to their childhood upbringing and what they were taught that God is, what God wants, what God doesn't want. And how much, you know, I've had a lot of clients who have a lot of obsessive compulsive disorder around sexual thoughts. And when you track it back, it was, you know, the shame around having certain maybe homosexual thoughts or certain urges and feeling as though it was a sin and they shouldn't do it. So there's this resistance pattern around what's rising up inside of you. And what happens in the mind and the emotions is that child starts polarizing their experience of, okay, these are good thoughts. These are bad thoughts. These are good emotions. These are bad emotions. These are good feelings. These are bad feelings. And this, this essence of living in this polarized way, you start attaching yourself to everything that you were told was good. And you start disassociating yourself from everything that you were told is bad. And it creates a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And I've seen a lot of trauma and a lot of mental illness be born out of that pattern. Absolutely, brother. Well, one of the things that we were talking about since we're we're on archetypes and we're on, you know, the, the grandest archetype of them all, the, the mm-hmm. all consciousness. Mm-hmm. The Imago uh, Day. <laughs> what what are some of the archetypes that you've seen rise to the surface over the last 18 months? Well, first off, everyone is living in survival mode. Remember, anytime you create a stress response, you create a fight or flight response in the nervous system, you're automatically shifted into survival mode. And whenever you're in survival mode, those four survival archetypes bubble up to the surface. And for me, this pandemic is really an opportunity for us to take a look at those four survival archetypes, which are really our relationship with power. Those four survival archetypes are our relationship with personal power. For example, the victim is the part of us that feels powerless. The feeling that life is happening to us. We we get caught in the blame game, feeling sorry for ourselves, feeling victimized, and we feel really disempowered. So healing the victim involves taking full self-responsibility and taking action and not looking for someone to rescue you. Remember, every victim is looking for a rescuer. So whenever someone plays the victim, they're always looking for someone else to rescue them. And the rescuer is always looking for a victim to rescue. So those two work hand in hand. Then the saboteur, 
the saboteur is really where we self-sabotage out of fear, out of confusion, out of limiting belief systems. The child is where we look for authority to take care of us or, you know, look for some authority figure to take responsibility for us or clean up our mess because we haven't taken full self-responsibility and really um, individuated yet. And the prostitutes, where we compromise, where we compromise our values, our integrity, where we abandon our inner truth and live out of alignment and out of congruency with what's really important to us. And this pandemic has really activated all of our survival archetypes. Initially, we were told as soon as COVID came out, the only thing you can do to stay healthy is to stay home, stay away from people, wear a mask, and wait for a vaccine. That's super disempowering. There's nothing else I can do to support myself. No, that's the only thing you can do. Well, that's basically saying you're a victim and you have to wait to be rescued. There's nothing you can do to empower yourself and your health so you can continue to live your life. Another thing we're seeing is the saboteur. We see a lot of us um, sabotaging our freedom, sabotaging our constitutional rights, all out of fear and confusion. We also see people sabotaging their health. I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, I was living in an apartment complex and I would see people walk downstairs with a mask on, walk outside, lift their mask up to smoke a cigarette while waiting for their delivery service of fast food, get their delivery service, put the mask back on, walk back inside, back into their apartment so they can social distance. That's complete self-sabotage. You're sabotaging your health. You're sabotaging your constitutional rights. You're sabotaging your freedom. And that someone is going to play the victim and wait to be rescued in a very disempowered way. And the child archetype is the one that always needs authority figures to tell them what to do. So they're not empowered in their relationship with choice. So the big thing in healing the child archetype is really being connected to your inner truth and taking full self-responsibility for your choices. During this pandemic, we've outsourced our truth and have been waiting to be told what to do, whether it's, oh, you can go outside now, or, oh, you can take your mask off now, or, oh, you can um, go get a vaccine now, or, oh, you have to... It's, it's constantly looking for authority to tell us what to do, which is really disempowering us into the child archetype that needs a mother and father figure to take care of us or to tell us what to do. And that's been woven into our medical systems and religious systems for a very long time because the medical system, now there's tremendous value in Western medicine. I don't want to completely bash Western medicine because there's tremendous value in it. But Mm -hmm. where we get into trouble is when we look at the doctor as a mother or father authoritative figure, and we are the child who fails to take responsibility for our health And then we look for the doctor to clean up our mess. We look for the doctor to take our pain away. When in reality, it's our opportunity to take a look at the choices and behaviors that led to the issue in the first place. So there's a huge element of the child archetype in medicine. And in religion, like we talked about, always going to the church or the temple to ask for forgiveness for your sins, and they take your sins away. Well, that's the child archetype not taking full responsibility for their actions. So they need to go to an authority in order to take their problems away, take their sins away, because we haven't really taken full responsibility for ourselves and our choices. 
So that child archetype is really woven into a lot of the systems that have been created that have an authoritative figure and then have adults that are really archetypally still children. And then the prostitute is where we are not aligned with our inner truth, where we're out of alignment with our core values. And when I look at our country, what I see is our core values from the very beginning has been freedom and independence. And we've actually traded that in for control and codependence. And these archetypes, these survival archetypes are very codependent archetypes because we negotiate our power away to external sources. So to me, also with the incoming information 24-7 from social media and the news, etc., we've lost connection to our own inner compass. We've lost connection to our own inner truth. And when you lose connection to your inner compass and your inner truth, you outsource that to others and you really negotiate your power away. You compromise. And a lot of the prostitute archetype is wearing that for sale sign on the forehead saying, you know, I'm not really connected and anchored in my truth and my values. And, you know, I negotiate my self to external sources because, you know, I'm in a very disempowered state. So those four archetypes are really coming up to the surface right now. And I feel as though the disempowered victim, it's time to take action. We have to overcome our fears and where we're sabotaging our freedoms away and our constitutional rights. We have to start taking full self-responsibility and not looking for authority, mother and father archetype figures to take care of us. And we have to really turn off a lot of the external stimulation and return back to our own inner guidance and our own inner truth and our own inner compass so we're not playing out the prostitute archetype as well. So that's where I see those four survival archetypes really at the root of this pandemic. And it's really a pandemic of disempowerment. It's a pandemic of giving your power away And the first step to health is reclaiming your power. Remember, where you give your power away is where you give your energy away to. And health and healing is really a currency of energy. Everything in the universe is energetic. And to heal the body, to heal the psyche, to heal our emotions, to heal anything requires the energy to do so. And reclaiming your power is how you reclaim your energy. And to me, that's just that's the internal currency that we're working with that we've really negotiated and are running really low on is that currency of power. That's, that's absolutely brilliant, brother. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been (laughs) hammering on this podcast for a long time that, uh, and you know, what's it's crazy right now. I'm thinking about this. I had Dr. Bruce Lipton on and I was using an old recorder that for whatever reason, um, each podcast I did, five podcasts out on a trip to California, they record each one recorded over the last one, like an old tape mm-hmm. that got reset to the beginning rather than recording new folders. Never happened like that before. Never happened again. Obviously, I threw that thing in the trash, but um, I lost this this one with Dr. Bruce Lipton, who wrote the Biology of Belief, the Honeymoon Effect, and I think another another book. But uh, brilliant guy scientists, biologists that understood very well um, the power of thought and belief on 
the cellular level of our bodies, of our physical body, and understood it to the point that we we truly do create our outcome and gave a number of examples of this back scientifically um, through his books. But one of the things that, that blew my mind was he was talking about how programmable we are from the second trimester within the womb until the age of seven. Mm-hmm. And that's not new news. You know, Dr. Joe Dispenza, lots of people talk about this. Um, and even still programmable after that through repetition and other means. But early on, we're just sponges. And he said, you know, whether you grew up religious or not doesn't matter. We all had the religion of science because anytime we got sick, what did mommy and daddy do? They brought us to the dude in the white lab coat. Mm-hmm. And the guy in the white lab coat was going to make us better. Mm-hmm. There was no, I mean, very few poor, poor cultures, things like that. They might have had a grandmother that had some really good plant medicine or different herbs and a stew or something that they could make that would boost their immune system and help them fight the thing naturally. But very few people in the modern world had access to things like that. And instead grew up like I did, where if I get sick, I go to the doctor, he gives me antibiotics, I get better over and over and over again until I no longer have a functioning immune system. And I have never beat a cold with, but with my own two feet, no, on my own two feet. And that is systematically ingrained. Again, this goes past the level of um, just what I'm thinking. I mean, it's deeply ingrained into my psychology as a kid that if I get sick, I run to the doctor. And most people, you know, uh, Bill Plotkin's talked about this. Carl Jung talked about this. Many of the greats have talked about the fact that humanity itself is at best in the phase of adolescence. Mm-hmm most of which are still locked in the child. So we move from the child into adolescence and from adolescence into adulthood and from adulthood into elderhood. But it doesn't happen because of a birth date. It doesn't happen because of a quinceanera. It doesn't happen because of a bar mitzvah. It happens because psychologically and emotionally we graduate. We go through a rite of passage or we have some some life circumstance that brings it out of us that allows us to move through to the next chapter. And it has nothing to do with age. You know, Rogan's talked about that many times, how, you know, on an edible of weed, he noticed once he had kids, how many children there are just dressed up in adult meat suits, you know, and we can see this in our government as well. I mean, there are kids running the fucking world right now, angry kids, that are making decisions that affect everyone's lives. And a lot of other kids are saying, yeah, I like that. He's on my team. We're going to go for that. I'm doing what he says. Rather than taking responsibility for ourselves and understanding that health never came from a shot, health and harmony with nature never came from disharmony. Like you can't, like what is it? Einstein's uh, quote on insanity. You can't fix something with using the same uh, same level of thinking that's the problem to begin with, right? Yeah. I know it's a terrible paraphrase of it, but um, that's in effect what we're doing. We're trying to out-medicine nature because we still look through the lens of separation, not realizing we are one with nature. And if we are in harmony with nature, we are not in dis-ease. Yeah. And, you know, I had COVID about a month ago. And my girlfriend and I had it together. And when I had COVID, all I wanted to do was be outdoors. And all I wanted to do was be barefoot, connected to the earth, 
And that's when I felt great. I was outdoors. I was doing breath work. I was doing Tai Chi. And, you know, I don't believe this is a natural virus. I think this is very manipulated. And I kept having the thought throughout that week of having COVID of the best way to combat or neutralize an unnatural virus is to be in the natural world. And what I also felt was a big thing around this virus is not actually the virus. It's the morphogenic field of all of the belief systems, all of the fear, all of the um, propaganda, and all of the energy that's been infused into the idea of COVID, that has really created a lot of terror and a lot of, um, to me, the experience of COVID was like a shamanic journey. And all I wanted to do was just to ground myself. And I realized that there was a huge energetic component. It wasn't necessarily like the, the COVID virus doesn't actually really present itself usually as like a normal virus. Like to me, it was almost like altitude sickness and more Mm -hmm. of an energetic experience. And you could feel if you, I would sit in meditation for a lot when I had COVID. And if you tap into it, what you realize is there's a lot going on on a deeper energetic level and you can actually use it in your favor. For anyone that gets COVID, I highly recommend just spending a lot of time out in nature connecting to the elements because that's what is really healing and really what neutralizes an unnatural virus. But also, when you sit and you tune into the energy of it, what you realize is the intention behind the COVID virus was really um, to really access you on a deeper level it almost makes you more accessible, which is really, you know, something that was wanted with this whole um, process. But if you use it in a way that you can consciously transform that energy, you can actually access more. So it's all about the, the energy behind it in the field is all about accessibility. And what a lot of the authority figures that are kind of at play here, they want to be able to access you on a deeper level, probably for purposes that are not all that beneficial for you. But if you use that energetic frequency in a productive way, you can start accessing more. So what I realized was my meditations were much deeper. I had access to more information. When I was working with clients, I was able to understand what was going on much quicker. And it was a lot about this, this element of accessibility. So that was a huge element in terms of the energy around COVID is this idea of accessibility and permeability. So you can use it as an upgrade or you can be utilized by it. And that was something that I really experienced strongly when I had COVID about a month ago and my girlfriend had it at the same time and she was experiencing a lot of the same thing. And it's also an opportunity to um, bring to the surface a lot of your unresolved fears. And there's a lot of fear around the, the, the COVID field. And the experience of it is activating a lot of our deep fears. So that's something that was really important for me was there was a lot of deep healing that took place when I engaged those parts of myself that the experience of COVID was just bringing up for me to um, process and integrate. 
And, you know, another thing that I think is really important for people to understand with the pandemic is when I talked about earlier, anytime someone's in a stress response, they're in survival mode, they're in a fight or flight response, or nervous system is still very primal, it's still very primitive. And it hasn't changed all that much since when we were hunters and gatherers. So any stress response is a a threat to one's survival. And what we're seeing right now in the world of politics and social media and pro-vaccine and anti-vaccine and this and that is a lot of division, a lot of polarity, and a lot of conflict between the two sides. And what a lot of people don't understand is when one's nervous system is under stress, they always revert back to their default mode network, which basically says, do what you've always done, believe what you've always believed, think what you've always thought, and do what you've always done, because that's what gave you the best chance for survival. And anything new, anything novel, anything creative, anything different is actually a threat to our survival, and it's actually too much for our nervous system to integrate. So the bandwidth as to what a person's psyche is able to welcome in and integrate, especially when it differs from their original belief system or pattern, it completely shuts that down. It narrows the bandwidth and what they can integrate. So that's where you see a lot of the conflict. So a mantra of mine, as I've been engaging a lot of people during this pandemic these days is, don't try and change their mind, shift their state. And when you shift their state by going for a walk or breathing with them, or, you know, when you see someone, you know, if you study the law of one, if you see someone with a certain energy, bring the opposite polarity because it balances out. And when you can shift someone's state and shift them back into that parasympathetic rest and digest state, what happens is their bandwidth starts to open up a little bit. There's a little bit more of a window for you to introduce a new idea. And since they're not necessarily in a fight or flight response, they're not in a stress response anymore, they don't see a new idea as threatening. So that's been a big thing for me is don't try and change someone's perspective right away. Shift their state first. And once you shift their state, then you can deliver something new and they have the bandwidth to integrate that new information. I'm so happy you brought that up because... I really thought I was going to lose my fucking mind for about a year there. Uh, You know, I have several groups on signal and different, different places. And of course, now that, that uh, my buddy, Justin Resvani has his new app Zion um, listener podcast. They did with Resvani. It's phenomenal for all the listeners who haven't. Um, I get a lot of, you know, different videos sent to me. Hey, check this book out, things like that. And, for the longest time, the the because Barrett, we're, we're homeschooling him now, and um, you know before that he was home a lot for summer. It's like we, <clears throat> I don't have a ton of time during the day to sit down and open a book like I used to when I had a typical nine to five at on it, and my son was at school. Most of the time that I get to digest and process this stuff would be at night, be after I lay him down and before I go to bed. That's when I'll I'll listen to Audible or open up a book and and watch some of these videos. But if the videos are dark, doesn't matter if they're true or not. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I can't eat, you know, a, a giant pizza before bed and think I'm going to sleep well. How am I supposed to digest some of the nefarious things that are going on in the world and then still fall asleep? Like, like I didn't just see that 45 long minute video or too long, two hour uh, long documentary. Mm-hmm. 
I have to section that out. And so it is my responsibility if I'm to be my, the best version of myself for myself, for my family, as a dad, as a husband, and then beyond that, right. To the podcast, to, to the listeners, to anywhere else, to fit for service. It's my responsibility and duty that I take care of myself in a way where I am still able to honor the four doctors. I'm still able to go to rest at, at sleep, sleep at night and sleep to the best of my ability for the required amount of time that I need to get the most amount of return on my sleep cycle. If I honor that and I move that energy, like, a, so one of the things I've been doing is <clears throat> I'll watch a video on my phone or listen to audible, the, the sticky shit that most people don't want to pay attention to. I'll do that while I'm walking wolf outside of nature. And I can look at the sun. I could see the, the clouds and the trees and the birds and I'm physically moving. So I'm literally moving energy I'm able to take deep breaths. I'm not sitting in a confined space indoors while I watch. I'm not, you know, curled up with this, this hunchback position like I am in front of this monitor right now. I'm opened up. And if I can move that through and spend the day expending energy, moving it out, breathing properly, then when I go to sleep at night, I have no impact from that. I can actually sleep at night. And now I can take on um, more truth, which is hard to fucking digest, to be perfectly honest, and still remain in a state where that's not going to bleed through to my children. It's not going to bleed through to my wife if you know she's stressed about something or any of that. I'm not going to take my stress from that and layer it on to everyone I know. I'm able to alchemize that and then be a Lansone for my family and for anyone else's stress so that I can harmonize with them and get them back into a state of resonance. Yeah, that's beautiful. And a couple of things that was coming up for me as you were sharing that is you were talking about the four doctors that our mutual friend Paul Check teaches in his holistic lifestyle coaching. One big thing that's going on in the world right now is the addiction to complexity. And with the addiction to complexity, there's an um, overlooking of simplicity. And what people don't understand nowadays is the power of simplicity, the power of eating right, the power of breathing, the power of sleeping well, the power of moving your body, the power of spending time out in nature and hydrating well, the six foundational principles and the four doctors that Paul talks about. People don't realize that if you're looking for complex answers you're usually overlooking the simplicity and the basics and the foundational principles, and you're putting the cart before the horse. And one of the greatest illusions that we all fall into the trap of believing in our modern day intelligence and technology and medicine and all that is that complex problems need complex solutions. And that is as far from the truth as you can get. There's a lot of complex issues that have very simple solutions. I've had a lot of clients come to me with very complex issues, physical, mental, emotional. And just by getting them to eat right and to do some working in exercises and breathe right and sleep better, all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, these complex issues, they're gone. When they had gone to you know seven or eight different experts trying to figure out a complex answer to this complex issue, and what they did was they overlooked the basics. They overlooked the power of simplicity. And the power of simplicity is so important right now with this current pandemic because we're being told to do all these 
you know, real innovative um, new technologies, mRNA vaccines and all of this stuff, which, you know, I think there's a time and a place for things, but not when you're overlooking the basics, not when you're overlooking, are you getting to bed on time? Are you eating organic food? Are you moving your body? Are you spending time in meditation? Are you navigating your relationships without creating too much stress inside of you? And when people overlook the basics, we fall into the trap of looking for complexity. And then you get caught down the rabbit hole that we're in right now. So that's something that was really important for me to share with a lot of people nowadays is stop looking for complex answers for complex issues and overlooking the basics and the simplicity, because that's where the real power is. That's why someone like Paul Cech is so successful and so powerful in his teachings and his therapy is he doesn't overlook the simplicity. He doesn't overlook the basics. You get that dialed in first. And 90% of the time, these things clear up and the other 10%, then you have you know specific tools and therapies and techniques that you it's kind of icing on the cake, but we're putting the cart before the horse right now, which is a dangerous thing to do. And then another thing that was coming up for me was the importance of balancing filling yourself up and emptying yourself. One thing you talked about was like consuming information and the need to also breathe and move some of that energy through you and move your body and things like that. And what people don't realize is the consumption of information is very much like the consumption of food. Your body is taking in energy and information. It has to break it down. It has to digest it. It has to assimilate it. It has to integrate it and then eliminate what's no longer needed. If you are consuming more food than you're eliminating and can effectively digest, you get backed up and you get toxic in the body. So that happens on a psychological level as well. If we're consuming more information than we can put in formation, which means consuming more information than you can actually digest, assimilate, and utilize, then you're creating basically mental constipation. And when you create a lot of um, information overload and mental constipation, first of all, it mirrors itself in the body. So a lot of people who have this... Um, pattern in the psyche also have, for example, digestive issues, constipation, things like that. But in reality, if you're not emptying yourself and you're not returning back to that place of stillness, you also lose connection to your inner compass. You lose connection to your center. You lose connection to that divine intelligence that already lives right inside of you, your intuitive voice, which speaks as the voice of silence. And if you're not connecting to that, then you're way more susceptible to external programming. You're way more susceptible to identifying with belief systems that are not really serving you. And also, you have a hard time questioning the belief systems because you, have the, you don't have the ability to step outside of them. You don't have the ability to empty yourself and then look at your mind from a third-party perspective saying, okay, like Byron Katie talks about the four questions, like, is this true? Even just a simple question of, is this true? Questioning your belief systems. So if you're constantly filling yourself with information and you don't have any practice of emptying yourself, you create a lot of overstimulation in the nervous system. And that keeps you trapped, trapped in more of a state of ego because you become so identified with your thoughts, ideas, and belief systems, and you don't know how to step outside of them anymore. And you're way more susceptible to, like I said, external programming. 
It's such a massive point. <laughs> it's such a massive point. Yeah, that's been uh, one of the greatest gifts for me. But of course, that wasn't something that happened overnight. I, I maybe that's the the uh, you know in the, in the house of spirituality, the the door uh, showing up right there. Like I'm gonna fully feel myself go off the fucking rails, lose my mind, become mentally constipated, not have any compass of direction or hope in society, in myself, and then hit rock bottom and slowly piece shit back together. Oh yeah, I should process it. Oh yeah, let me move this to during the daytime instead of right before bed. Oh yeah, let me fast a little bit and clear my mind from everything. You know, technology fast as well as food fast. Um, and then it is, and it really is, it's funny because it, it cracks me up how often uh, I re-download the same information around the basics. <laughs> like, oh God, wow. Okay, I was getting real crafty there for a second. And all it was was just deadlifting really easy and light to heal my back. All it was was doing some goblet squats and halos to open up my shoulders because the hips are connected to the shoulders. And you know, very simple. And I, you know, obviously I use a lot of uh, physical stuff here because I've been physical. I've been an athlete my whole life. And, and um, I've been hammering uh, to the listeners to read the book Easy Strength by Pavel Tatsulin and Dan John. It's one of my all-time favorites and it's perfect for times like these. It's perfect for uh, recovering athletes, retired athletes, and it's perfect for people that are just starting out. But um, it's all basics. It's all general, general physical preparedness, and it's not overdoing anything. It's it's the ability to remain consistent. So as I as I use that uh, terminology, it's really bringing me to think of what are the basics for you. What are the consistent practices that you have? You talked about really spending a lot of time in meditation. Talk about your meditation practice. Talk about breath work. Talk about the things that you use as tools, and and what is it that you're giving your clients to use to deal with stress and to be able to empty the mind and clear this energy from themselves so they can remain in a state of calm and peace, opening up the bandwidth to take on more. Yeah. So before I answer that, I'm just going to share something that was coming up for me um, around the consumption of information. If we kind of take that a little bit deeper on more of a energetic level and the process of growing oneself, a lot of times when we're over-consuming information, if you actually observe the way you express yourself, you're actually utilizing other people's voice and you never actually develop your own. So a lot of people who are consuming too many podcasts and reading too many books and all these lectures and courses, whenever they speak, and I've been you know, guilty of this too, is... I'm basically just regurgitating what someone else has told me. And I never really develop my own unique expression, my own unique voice. And a lot of the spiritual journey is, you know, it sounds cliche, but it's true. You hear a lot of people talking about the journey from the head to the heart, which is really um, part of the development through the dimensions, through the third, the fourth, the fifth, is really actually returning from the head down to a heart-centered consciousness. And to go from the head to the heart, you pass the throat. The throat is in the middle of the head and the heart. So in order to actually drop from the head to the heart, you have to first learn how to express yourself authentically. 
and express your own inner truth and not just utilize other people's. So for me, one of the biggest things that has really allowed me to grow myself and actually really connect to my heart and my heart-centered consciousness has been to stop consuming other people's information so much. And the more I was consuming information, the more I was staying in my head. And the more I was staying in my head, I felt safer. It was like a form of information armoring. Like I always have information that I could utilize and I never actually have to rely on the expression of my own heart. So as soon as I turned off the podcasts and I you know, turned off the audiobooks for a period of time, all of a sudden I started having this deep connection to my heart on an energetic level. And it's super empowering. There's so much power in connecting to your heart and really expressing from that space. But in order to do that, you have to be able to turn off the head. And an overactive mind is really a result of a closed heart. So whenever you open the heart, and you allow yourself to start feeling and not constantly consuming, then all of a sudden the mind can quiet down. So for me, my own, my own spiritual practice, my own self-care is, starts with the basics, starts with the four doctors, the six foundation principles. I eat you know, strictly organic food unless you know, there's a situation where I have to compromise that. But 99% of the time, I tune into my body and ask my body what it needs. I have no dogmas to what diets. Some days I eat meat and fish. Some days I eat as a vegetarian. Some days, you know, I eat more fat. Some days I eat more carbs. It really varies day to day just in regards to where my body's at and what my body needs. Um, I always get to bed before 10 p.m. For me, my sleep is absolutely essential and I protect it very um, consciously. Then my morning and evening routines are really important. One thing I find is super important for myself and clients is the importance of routines and rituals. And if you think about your energy, your life force is kind of like the water elements. Your routines and rituals are kind of like the metal element, to use an analogy of Chinese medicine. And the metal element creates structure, which allows the water to flow in a certain direction. Like if you think about like a pipe, the pipe is the metal that directs the flow of water, where if you don't have routines and rituals, you don't have the structure put in place to direct the flow of your life force. So that's something that's really important to me is having routines and rituals and having sacred time. For me, um, I spend about 20 minutes in the morning doing Tai Chi and 20 minutes in the evening doing Tai Chi. And I spend one hour a day in meditation. I sit for one 60 minutes straight. And that's a long time to sit in meditation if, ever, if anyone's ever tried that. But the extended meditation really takes you out of your comfort zone. And my meditation practice is actually very simple. And in the simplicity, it's very powerful, like we were talking about earlier. I sit quietly, I close my eyes, and I do absolutely nothing. I start with a prayer, and my prayer is that I fully surrender myself to spirit. And basically, my meditation is just pure surrender. I don't do anything. I just watch. I just witness. 
And whenever my mind takes me in certain directions or I get really off track or I get, you know, I wander, all I say to my mind is thank you. And I come back and I just sit. And all of a sudden, this sitting and your mind wandering and you're just giving thanks to it and you come back. It's this process of bringing yourself back to a state of surrender and allowing the mind to quiet on its own. And eventually, after you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes, my mind starts to quiet to this point where you start to feel the energy of your heart. When the mind starts to quiet down, you feel the energy of your heart. And in that space, you actually start tuning into a new vibrational frequency. The vibrational frequency of the heart is very different than the head. It's a higher frequency. And my practice, my meditation practice is really being able to hold that frequency for a good hour. And that's one of the hardest things I've ever done. But in reality, the process of meditation is really the process of surrender. It's a, it's a, it's a practice of handing yourself over to the greater whole and getting beyond the judgments of good or bad or right or wrong. It's getting beyond polarity. It's getting to the one behind the two. And when you're in that state of surrender, what happens is you connect to the witness. To me, the witness is the soul. It's the observer. And that's the one behind the two. It's the one that's simply pure awareness. And that awareness makes no judgment of good or bad or right or wrong or, you know, stillness or noise or comfort or discomfort. It's just fully present. It's fully aware. And when you're in a state of full surrender and you hand yourself over to spirit in that state, what happens is you connect to spirit inside of you and that spirit is just pure awareness. And what I've come to realize is a lot of our suffering is really the dance of those polarities that we bounce back and forth between throughout our whole day, throughout our whole life is anything that you consider good, you attach to it. Anything you consider bad, you disassociate from it. So you're in this constant state of disassociation, attachment, and that creates a lot of suffering. And one thing I've become aware in my meditation practice is a lot of our suffering isn't necessarily how much we disassociate from the bad. It's actually how much we attach to the good. And a lot of the unconsciousness is where we attach to all the things that we consider pleasurable or positive. And we're actually in more of an unconscious state in those relationships than our relationship to that which we consider bad. In my meditations, what I found is I get to this place of stillness and all of a sudden my ego wants to attach to it. And as soon as my ego wants to attach to it, boom, the stillness is gone. So I was like, wow, okay, in order for me to experience not just peacefulness, but freedom, you actually can't attach to the positive. You actually have to detach from the positive and have the willingness to experience the negative, and all of a sudden you can sit in the middle of that mandorla. You sit in the middle of the two polarities, and that's where the soul really sits. That's where the seat of the soul is, is the witness between the two polarities. And that's the zero point field. And my meditation practice is just simply a surrender to that. And other practices in terms of breath work, um, I'm a big fan of, you know, breath of fire and Wim Hof breathing and things like that. I do a lot of that work in the sauna. And that's actually something when I had COVID twice a day, I was in the sauna doing breath work. And that was hugely beneficial, hugely powerful, especially if you're 
um, needing to kind of lift your energy and empower yourself and your immune system. So those are really the keys. And in terms of my client work, some other things that are really important is working with our emotions. Our mind and our emotions work hand in hand. If you think about the mind and thinking is the language of the mind and feeling is the language of the body, those are complementary opposites. So a lot of people who are stuck in their head are not really embodied. They're not in their body. They're not grounded in themselves. And a lot of times we use the mind to avoid the body. We use thinking to avoid feeling. And when we are told from a very young age that certain emotions are bad, certain emotions are negative, whether it's anger or guilt or shame or sadness, what happens is we do anything we can to bypass those emotions. And what we do is we basically live from the neck up. We use the realm of thought to avoid the realm of feeling and emotions. We use the mind to numb out the energy of the body because there's aspects of the emotions that are uncomfortable. So a big thing for me in my work and a big thing I talk about in my online program, Healing the Mind, is reconnecting to your body, reconnecting to your emotions and realize that emotions are simply energy and motion. And anytime that we're experiencing emotions, we're simply experiencing energy moving through us. And if we approach it that way and we drop the label and we drop the story that we attach to it, all of a sudden we allow ourselves to restore the flow of energy in our body and our emotions and the mind starts to quiet down. So that's a big thing. And there's tools like, you know, I'm a big fan of EFT, emotional freedom technique, which is a tapping technique in which you state certain affirmations and things like that as you're tapping on these meridian points and you're stating things associated with certain emotional experiences. And that really helps discharge a lot of that kind of energetic windup and where we're blocked in our um, meridian system. And it really is great for um, anyone with trauma, PTSD, anything that is really creating a blockage. EFT is a great tool as well. But I talk a lot about this, the routines, the rituals, different meditation practices, working with our emotions, our archetypes. That's all in my new online program, Healing the Mind, A Journey to Wholeness, which we'll, we'll get into in a little bit. And I'll share with your listeners a discount code for them to get started. But those are really the main tools that I, um, that I utilize in myself in my own life. In my private practice, there's so much more that we could get into, but it would take, you know, five or six podcasts to unpack all of that because everyone's so different. So sometimes, you know, you need to bring different tools to the table based on what's needed. Absolutely, brother. Well, I'm, I'm pleased to know that I've, I've checked quite a few off my own list as you were going down them. The sauna and uh, ice bath combination for me has been one of the single best things that I've ever done for myself. You know, we, we, I got Tosh uh, a nice Finnish hot rock sauna, a barrel sauna for, as a push present for Wolf, which may possibly be our last child. Who knows? Um, that ultimately isn't my decision, but uh We'd use it periodically, you know, and then one day she, she was just like, you know, we got to get up before the kids get up and just use this thing every single day. We need to do it like we did at Gabby and Laird's where we're in the sauna and the ice bath, even if it's just 30 minutes. And that's how we start our day every day. And, and I really took that to heart and we've been doing that. And I mean, the, the mental emotional benefit is crazy. It's crazy how much more I can withstand during the day if I have filled my cup first or emptied it for that matter 
depends how you look at it. But when I, when I do those practices first thing in the morning and I stretch and I open up my lungs and I get warm, the whole day is different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether I get a workout in or not, I mean, I'm walking every day. I'm doing some form of movement every day. Um, my day has shifted. I think that's such a, a critical piece. I mean, they're not, they're not cheap, but they are, you get what you pay for. You know, there's just no two ways about it. You absolutely get what you pay for when it comes to that stuff. And, um, all the science that Rhonda Patrick would talk about on Rogan's as far as, you know, dropping 60% all cause mortality, I think if you're, if you're on the fence about certain things like that, making the investment into your health uh, is one of the greatest investments you ever could make. But uh, perhaps now no greater time than to jump off the fence and to take the deep dive into the practices that will help us the most. I've only got a couple minutes here uh, before we got a jam. So I know we've, we've, uh, we could easily keep going for another hour, but Please dive in a little bit more into um, what you're offering now online because, you know, this is one of the reasons you hit me up. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Griggs, you're, anytime you want to come on this podcast, you are on. I absolutely love uh, what you bring to the table. And uh, I got really excited hearing that you have a new program out. So, so talk a bit about that and where people can, people can find it. Yeah, so my new online program is called Healing the Mind, A Journey to Wholeness. And it's a 21-day guided program that takes you through the absolute essentials when it comes to mental health. But you could really apply it to anything because it really dials in all the essentials when it comes to healing from anything. But a lot of my work revolves around mental health. So that's really what this program is fine-tuned to. And this program is really an expression of my own healing journey. I really took every aspect of my own healing journey from my OCD and a lot of the things that I struggled with for a good decade. And really, um, this program was birthed out of that. It was, it's really uh, an accumulation of all of the things that I know have worked for me and worked for a lot of the clients that I work with. And this program is 21 days. It's three weeks. It's broken down into three one-week modules. And the first week is called Foundations. And week one, like we talked about earlier, simplicity before complexity, getting to the basics first. Foundations is really taking one week to dial in all the foundational principles, all the lifestyle factors, really healthy living practices. We start with nutrition for mental, emotional health. We get into sleep hygiene, breath work, working in, working with challenging thoughts, working with challenging emotions getting into routines and rituals and sacred time and setting healthy boundaries and relationships. So it's really dialing in the basics. And then week two is called elevation, where we go a little bit deeper. We start doing a lot of deep meditations and we start diving into our core survival archetypes like we talked about earlier. We dive into our core addictions. We dive into um, healing the shadow and really doing a lot of the deeper healing work so we can really elevate ourselves to you know, higher levels of awareness and consciousness. And then week three is called integration, where we integrate a lot of the healing work we've done, a lot of the lessons, a lot of the tools and practices. And the, the week three integration is also about integrating ourselves back into nature. So I talk a lot about working with the elements of nature, working with the seasons 
and the cycles of nature and working with the polarities of nature. And that's a huge thing that actually when you were sharing about the sauna, I was thinking about one of the days in my course is honoring our seasonal rhythms, which people don't realize that time is not linear. Time is cyclical. And the four seasons of spring, summer, fall, and winter actually exist within our 24-hour cycles. So the morning is the springtime. It's our awakening. It's preparing for the day. We have our routines and rituals that bring us into summer, which is daytime where we go to work and school and we exercise and we kind of get the job done. And we come home to fall and we relax and we unwind and we reground ourselves and we prepare ourselves for a winter of rest. And then the cycle repeats. So you're when you were sharing about um, you and your wife in the sauna, I was just thinking about really just kind of dialing in those seasonal rhythms and how much people wake out of winter and go right into summer and they're all stressed and reactive and they they work straight into the night and go right from summer into winter and they're overheated from the from the fire element of summer and they can't sleep and you know there's just a dishonoring of the cycles and the rhythms. So all these elements of nature I talk a lot about in week three integration. And then after the 21 days, I have a lot of ways that, you know, the students can follow up with me, whether it's one-on-one coaching or um, anything after that. So it's a 21-day guided program with teaching videos for each day and downloadable PDFs to, for you to follow the, follow the course as you go. And it's really a complete holistic and integrative approach to mental health. And unfortunately, these days, Mental health has been kind of stigmatized. It's kind of um, something that hasn't really um, progressed all that much in terms of healing and treatment. And for me, the reason is that people don't really understand where a lot of these mental health challenges come from. And it really comes from a lot of the foundational principles we're talking about, a lot of the archetypal principles. And so we dive into a lot of that in this program and much more. So For your listeners, I have a 20% off discount if they go to healing4d.com, that's the number 4d.com, forward slash HTM, and they use the code KYLE20, they'll get 20% off to get started on that journey. Fuck yeah, brother. That is is awesome. Thank you so much for hooking up the listeners here. Thank you for coming back on the show, and I'll definitely run it back here. Hopefully, uh, (laughs) in a year or whenever we circle back, we've... uh, we've started to alchemize a lot of the, the, the sea of uncertainty that's happening in the world right now. But, um, just knowing you're out there puts a smile on my face and, and I know that I'm not alone in a lot of my thinking and understanding of what really matters in the world. So it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back on Greg and I look forward to working with you again in the future. Thank you so much, man. It's been fun. 